1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. We're going to just take a jog down memory lane for this episode <laughs> and talk about the very beginnings of online dating and also online porn, the kind of the evolution of love and sex when it comes to online. We've got... Can we call you the godfather of online dating, (laughs) Gary? (laughs) Has anybody ever called you that before? Is that a a proper name for you? But we've got Gary Kremen on the phone. He is 55 years old, lives in the Bay Area, originally from Chicago, currently in a monogamous relationship. He invented online dating, specifically founded Match.com, and was the first registrant of sex.com. Why it's important to say first registrant, you'll find out in a little bit, because we also have Dave Kushner on the phone. He is... 50 years old, lives in New Jersey, originally from Florida, currently married, and wrote the book, The Player's Ball, which is a number one bestseller that tells the incredible battle between the founder of Match.com, who's Gary, and the con man who swindled him out of the website sex.com, resulting in an all-out war for control for what still powers the internet today, love, sex, and Bitcoin. I I think that's the thing that powers the internet today. Wow.
0: (laughs) Sorry, we're adding to your bio here, David.
1: (laughs) Called it. I smell a sequel. So, (laughs) Dave, first set the scene. What were things like back in the early 90s where it's the wild, wild west of the internet as you describe it?
2: Um, You know, in the early 90s, there were very few people online at the time. And certainly those that were online were not thinking about dating. I mean, they were just thinking about like Star Trek and the Grateful Dead and like (laughs) exchanging brownie recipes and still sort of considered geeky and underground and something academic. There wasn't the web as we know it today. It was just these bulletin board systems where you would just sort of call up on someone else's computer and see just text. And it was, there really wasn't, the internet as we know it today at all well, let alone dating
0: that is so foreign probably to like 99% of our <laughs> listeners <laughs> like That's what cool. do you mean uh, life before the internet
2: what
1: <laughs> <laughs> for you Gary as a serial entrepreneur you saw that there was this was a massive opportunity for capitalizing on love and sex so match.com how did you come up with this idea?
3: Well, uh, you know, you mentioned entrepreneurs get involved in things they understand. And I was doing a lot of dating back then. Uh, I was spending a lot of time getting engaged to the, uh, I don't know if you remember this, the personals in the newspaper. Oh, uh, yeah. In the newspapers, you know, you'd see them in the back, especially in the alternative newspapers. And uh, it wasn't a particularly satisfying experience other than especially since it cost a lot of money because all you got was a couple lines of text at best you know you would see an ad you would call the 900 number people may or may not call you back kind of i had a vision combining it with early email of why can't we do pictures Mm. and video and audio and have much longer profiles and that was my idea
0: wait so can you elaborate more on the 900 number like what would actually (laughs) happen when you called it
3: <laughs> so how it would work, it was crazy. You would pay money to write a couple lines, cryptic lines in the back of uh, let's say the alternative newspaper, the San Francisco uh, Guardian, you know, single Jewish man looking for uh this your you know, married Jewish woman, whatever <laughs> the ad was. Okay. And the newspaper would charge you for that. But in addition, you, you would call a 900 number and on the 900 number, you'd leave a message and then you may or may not leave your phone number. So it was really not a good way of doing business. How much was it? <laughs> well, it was a per minute. It could be three, four dollars per minute. One of the things I noticed is newspapers were making tons of money and people who own newspapers We're making tons of money, and I didn't have any money, I noticed. And I wanted to be like them. So, uh, (laughs) you know...
0: Capitalism at work. I mean, I think it's hilarious that people complain about how hard it is to meet up with people on dating apps today when you had to call a 900 number and someone may or may not even respond and leave and a message. And
1: just <laughs> purely based on voice alone <laughs> at that time. So
0: I loved it in the book. Like, I know, um, David, you wrote about like how Gary actually kind of had this idea from an email. So I don't know if Gary, you could kind of talk about that a little more. Like, wasn't it that like some um, female that was emailing you? you were curious what she actually looked like
3: so what happened was i had a little business world's first open source software company but you know you know i was trying to make money on the early internet and uh one day we got a purchase order which you know someone wanted to buy someone it was from a woman like at hp i mean i can't even remember kind of the first time a woman emailed anyone it was just very gendered male environment and uh I turned to my business partner and said, you know, we got an order here. And he's like, yeah, that's good. We can eat this weekend. And I go, yeah, but I wonder if she's cute. (laughs) uh, One track uh, mind. That was kind of combining it all together. Oh, is there, instead of it being a, a business email, could have been a personal email. And could it have had information on the person in there? Let's say a profile
0: so, what did the early days of Match.com look like? The
3: very early days was it was email based, not even the web.
0: I know that for sure. So I
3: actually
1: looked at my very first Match.com email from 2004. I will share that with the group in a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but 2004 was still ten years after this launched. Like, I want to. I'm curious. Like the early, early days. Like, what did the website even look I, like? There wasn't even a website.
3: It was again, you were doing it through email. This was very early on because the number of people on the actual web, you know, you could count them on a hand. So it's email based and you would, so we invented the idea of anonymous email and uh, uh, you would email maybe a picture. Wow. You would attach because you got to remember people didn't have digital phones or anything like How that. How did people attach photos back then? <laughs> it
0: would take well, hours. This was
3: just, no, it's funny you say that. Um, email attachments just came out. It was that hard.
1: Oh. And it took like, Five hours because they were on <laughs> dial-up. On <laughs>
3: <laughs> dial-up, most people were on dial-up. Wow. If you get a, a detailed picture, it's like you might as well come back the next day.
1: Dave, I'm just curious. Were you on Match.com in the very early stages?
2: I already, I was like already in a steady relationship at that time. Oh, okay, so, so I, you bypassed. I already met my my future wife. Got it. Then.
0: So you never had the uh, online I, dating experience. I didn't have. I
2: didn't. I didn't have the chance. No. but alas. you.
0: But what
1: were your thoughts when you heard about something like this? So
2: actually. I remember when I first heard about it, I wanted to write about it. I I remember that distinctly talking to an editor of mine at one of the big men's magazines. I very distinctly remember saying, I really want to write about online dating. And he said, what's that? (laughs) Um, So, I mean you know, it was still considered science fiction. Like, people just didn't understand. People barely under. That's the thing that's sort of hard to understand now from this vantage point, which is, like, it just seems like ancient history, but there was a time when no one knew what the internet was, you know? And when Gary created Match, it was still pretty much at that time. I mean, most people didn't understand what this was about at all, so you asked them to kind of grasp this world online and that they could meet somebody there. It, it, it was totally bizarre, but once the media started picking up on it, I mean, you know, Gary, it was fast, right? I mean, it didn't take super long for for people to find it. What I would say in addition to that, or is
3: the geeky media, the Wired magazine picked mm-hmm. it up, but mainstream, you didn't read it in, let's say, Cosmo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Cosmo's mainstream <laughs> <laughs> for, uh, for, you know, uh, um, a couple more years.
0: Was so Cosmo in the 90s? (laughs)
1: So people were more intrigued by the
0: technology Mm. of it and not
1: so much that you could actually use this to find the love of your life.
0: It's still probably, even though it took forever to dial up is probably still more efficient than those 900 numbers yeah and did you charge people from early stage or was it free to start free in the beginning Mm. okay so david we established you weren't on match but i guess to bring (laughs) it full circle (laughs) were you on sex.com
2: right
0: were you on Uh, sex.com was
2: i on sex as an intrepid uh, <laughs> young journalist, I had to do my research. Had <laughs> to, to do it for research out, only, right? Find out what was happening there. But yeah, I mean, it's like with sex.com, and there's a chapter in the book where I talk about. The, there's a very, very long established history of pornography driving the adoption of a new technology, and it goes all the way back. It continues today, and I think into the future with virtual reality, augmented reality. You know, usually sex and gaming seems to drive most everything. So it, it followed that. When when people were first venturing into this new world online a lot of them were guys early on and what a lot of guys and computers were interested in seeing were naked pictures Yeah. so um, and the first thing they would type would be sex.com it's a universal value of that and, and you know Gary can talk about what that domain meant um, you know in dollars and cents but the value was that anyone around the world would probably sit down and type that word you know even though the technology wasn't so advanced that you would see Streaming and video and all of that, whatever you could see on there, people would want. Even if it was just some pictures.
0: Like what was actually porn like back then? Like what were you seeing? I want to know like those. Details. Call up a nine hundred number. <laughs> is it like the magic
1: noises for you?
2: <laughs> you know, I mean, early on, it started with just text when there were no pictures. People were doing what was called ASCII art, which was kind of like advanced emoticons that, you know, you would type characters on the screen that if you stood far back enough, it would make a picture of, Two naked people, or something like that, and then um, with scanners, people would scan photos from you know porn magazines and put them online. What was appealing to a lot of people was privacy of it, and that there was nothing to hide. You know, you could just turn off your computer, and whatever you were looking at was gone. You didn't have to worry about like hiding a magazine under your mattress. Mm. Um, that's kind of a simple thing that has actually proved to be a pretty big deal. This world that was on the other side of the screen—the fact that you could turn it on and turn it off. And there were no traces of it and it would just evaporate. It was radical. I mean I think it was more radical than anybody realized at the time. and certainly that would manifest later on just with all of the online communities and just with message boards and how and you know how people would behave given that veil.
0: I mean, I was definitely too young for porn and dating in the 90s, but I do remember the chat mm. rooms. Oh, the chat rooms got really heated. It did. I, I remember getting some ASCII art in the
1: chat rooms. Oh, you do you remember ASCII art? I do. I mean, I'm googling it now, and I'm like, this is. Uh, I'm remembering things now. I'm remembering
0: some of the images <laughs> it I've was gotten oh, for years.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's Therapy, some really
2: sophisticated.
1: <laughs> there's some very sophisticated yeah. ASCII art out there. I thought it was more people, cartoonish, people put a
2: lot of time into that. Like, look know? at
1: this, Julie. I'm, I'm. We'll have to link to this one, but it Whoa. looks like real. It looks like a real photo.
0: Yeah, it's basically, for yeah. any listeners, it's like a guy fucking a girl from behind, but it's like...
1: It's all shadows. Right. Yeah, it's, it's all like lines It's very beautiful. Right. I'm actually Maybe very you impressed. Maybe they're
0: it's going to have a comeback after this
1: episode. They call it yeah. prehistoric internet porn. Wait till the hipsters get their hands oh, on this. Yeah. It's, it's going to totally be all Kelly over back. these cafes. <laughs> that is true. There
2: is a kind of an arty thing. That's a great idea. Someone needs to... Uh, <laughs> Gary, to get
0: on it, Gary. <laughs> scary. I want at 2%. That, I <laughs> bring it back. Bring it back, bring it back.
1: back. Bring that's,
2: it that. back. Oh,
3: that's great. The company that I started before Match, the one where I got the purchase order, we used to sell those. What? Um, it wasn't, you know, kind of the adult stuff, pictures of lions and stuff, but there would always be like one or two pictures of Farrah Fawcett or something like that, made of characters <laughs> and right. people would buy that stuff.
1: Wow. You sold ASCII art.
3: <laughs> oh, oh my God. I had this pro- uh, this company. Remember very early, um, we'd sell 40 pro- f- open programming aids. Okay. 40 programming aids for $99 open source software. And then we would have like art. You'd get, get some free art, along with it but the art (laughs) would be like pictures of farrah fawcett
0: wow Mm.
3: that's a good example
1: But going back to sex.com, what happened? Let's talk about like the crux of the story here. The whole book is basically about Gary fighting against uh, Stephen Cohen for the rights to the domain. Gary, did you even want to manage sex.com? What did you want to do
3: (laughs) with it? (laughs) Well, sure. The context of the whole story was I registered more than just than match.com. I had a bigger vision, kind of going back to the newspapers, which is All these people who own, you probably don't remember this. One of the billionaires, billionaire families were people who own newspapers and media. Mm. A little bit different today, (laughs) but you know the the chandlers and and other families had these great monopolies because they own newspapers and how newspapers made most of their money was on classified advertising. And my thought was, why don't I be the online classifieds equivalent? In fact, the parent company for Match.com was Online Classifieds Inc. Mm. Because I had this vision that, so I registered all the domain names involving classified advertising. Jobs.com, autos.com, property.com, everything in the back you would see. Because I was going to do what I did for Match.com for the others, in fact. I, talked, I went out to talk to all the newspapers to tell them about this vision. And they pretty much uniformly laughed in my face. Oh, <laughs> newspapers have been around for 100 years. They're going to be around for another 100 years, mm. you know?
0: Who's laughing so, now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they
3: really... <laughs> believe that strongly so the, and, and as an afterthought i registered sex.com because you know they kind of had the personal ads they had a little bit of sex in them so i registered sex.com it was just one of the names
0: so you didn't want to be the, the inventor of fucking and sucking online <laughs> as uh, stephen cohen called himself i got that from your book
3: <laughs> to, to quote uh <laughs> i didn't i didn't have the vision in fact i'm usually pretty good with social trends but i did miss the value of porn didn't see that my bad <laughs> yeah I and i would it, say eventually i got it
1: sex.com is poorly managed today it's just all giffy yeah so we were boring. just looking at it. There? we did some it's, weird. it's
2: actually really weird because to me people have asked me that you know after when the book came out about what it's like now and i said the same thing and it kind of reminds me of that restaurant that's in the strip mall in your neighborhood that always is doomed you know what i mean <laughs> like no matter what they put in there it doesn't do well so it's It is kind of weird that nobody's ever been able to capitalize on it. It's
0: such a waste (laughs) of a great domain name. But it transformed internet history, as we all have seen from this book and just everything there. I guess, like, David, what made this story so interesting that you had to write about it?
2: You know, I mean, I think that it's just it's a it's a wild story. And I mean, what the lengths that Gary had to go to try to get this site back were insane and beyond anything you could imagine. I mean, going starting in Silicon Valley and heading down into like, you know, ending up at a shrimp farm um, in Mexico. And uh, so there was all of that. But at the same time, you know, you had a really interesting way of looking at Um, The rise of the internet, you know, in a a manner that to me was for a mainstream audience would be kind of contrarian and just surprising, you know, because I think that most people when they think of the story of computer age, they think of Apple and they think of Facebook, but they don't really think about these, you know, what I call the Wild West years when the rules were just being worked out.
1: And for anyone who's not familiar with the story, fill us in on who Stephen Cohen is and how does he... Play into the story.
2: Gary, do you want to <laughs> tell about your friend, Stephen? Sure. <laughs> your BFF? Our
3: friend is, uh, as yeah. find um, Stephen Cohn was a uh, maybe a criminal genius, five time convicted felon, things like bankruptcy fraud, obstruction of justice, making false statements under oath. Oh
2: my God, he's like our president. All of those same guy. Is Stephen Cohen a fake name for Donald Trump? (laughs) (laughs) he have aliases.
0: Yeah.
3: Oh my God! I've never
2: thought That's about funny.
3: that
2: before. Uh, Donald
0: Trump would want um,
1: sex.com. Yeah, <laughs> it
0: all it all makes sense. <laughs> it funny. does. It makes
3: more sense now. Um, and uh, he was always obsessed with sex. He ran a swinger club. In fact, he was arrested for running a swinging club in Orange mm-hmm. County, and he got off of it by be- be- being his own lawyer in court and convincing a jury that since he wasn't making any money on it, he really wasn't. It really wasn't a brothel. Uh, so clearly a smart or a creative person.
0: He was the inventor of fucking and sucking online. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I just love it. I can't stop saying it. Right.
2: Yes. Well, that, you know, that, that was Stephen.
3: You know, and, and then what happened? The fact that he didn't, The quote the judge, the, the fact that he didn't own the name really didn't mean anything to a con person like him. He would just get it. One of his specialties was kind of stealing people's property, stealing people's stuff, not with a gun, but with a pen because he was a forger, among other things. So he he convinced uh, the registrant, kind of like the DMV, someone there that it's his, not mine. And then when I complained about it. He was able to convince them, you better not have domain name back to him. It's mine. And that's why I had to go to court on the whole thing.
1: And going back to Match.com, Gary, what happened to it? What happened to your relationship with Match.com? So when,
3: when finally got the product, launched the company, it turned out actually to be pretty successful, uh, including days where it would grow at 2 to 3% a day, wow. which is, is no laughing matter in business. What came to pass is I wanted to expand it to not just long-term dating, but let's say short-term dating and uh, more inclusiveness, LGBT. That freaked out the people who put up the money in the beginning. And unfortunately, it was the time of she with the gold made the rules. Things change today a little bit. So uh, we had a
0: lot of conflict
3: over that. And eventually she with the gold one and uh i left the company
0: so they didn't want to service LGBTQ team members i
3: that's right that's right i guess their logic would be well we have investors and that's too far out and gay dating Wow. that god what could that lead to maybe them taking away our money not giving us any money in the future and uh they said uh we're not doing it and i said this is how you're gonna make money and i'm in charge and they said you know what at the end of the day we in charge. Wow. But and that was the end of that. Me, it
1: wasn't, um, so in terms of targeting, that wasn't the uh, initial, uh, I guess, intention, but also in terms of functionality, right? That, that people who were not straight couldn't actually use Match.com. Is that correct?
3: Oh, I put it on there and they they said, take it off. And I said, I'm not. I'm wow. not doing that. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. And that was good for me. It just, Probably cost a couple hundred million dollars, but uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, then you and, and, bought, and then you went and bought.
1: And then you went and
0: bought grinder.com. Yes. Tell me that was bad <laughs> <what you're> luck. <laughs> <next. laughs> okay, so I guess in both of your opinions, what's changed the most about online dating in the past? What is it? Twenty years? Am I doing the math right? Has it been uh, twenty years?
2: How long has it been? At least a little bit longer. lot yeah, L- longer so. than
0: twenty years. Yeah. Um, well, I would say mobile,
3: mobile location-based is definitely some of the bigger changes. You know, you can find someone 10 minutes away from you. You can find a date, you know, down the street right now, there and then I think that's a big thing. It, it just seems to be a faster environment.
1: So before even online dating with like the 1-900 numbers and the classified ads, was there a stigma around that? Oh yeah. Because there was so much stigma when Match.com came out. It's time to take a quick break so we can tell you about the latest service we have been building over here at Dateable. We've created a platform to connect you with vetted experts from our network to help with everything from coaching with dating, dating profile reviews, and even ways to get real feedback about your dating style. The sessions typically run from 30 minutes to an hour and can all be done via Skype or Google Hangouts. So you can be anywhere. Listeners have been sharing how worthwhile their sessions have been with comments about how easy the coaches are to talk to, how they have provided a new perspective, and how they have created actionable ways to inspire change. To meet the coaches and book your session today, visit datablepodcast.com slash coaching. Now back to the show. So before even online dating with like the 1-900 numbers and the classified ads, was there a stigma around that? Oh yeah. Because there was so much stigma when match.com came out.
3: Yeah, that's right. I mean, people worried about their safety, security, anonymity. There was tons of stigma, tons.
1: So even before the online boom, there was still stigma around just personal ads.
3: Oh, yeah. That was risque to do a personal ad. You know, I don't know how people thought they were supposed to meet like, oh, we met in bars. You know, like that's less risque. I, I don't know what they were thinking back then.
1: Well back then everyone have
3: to be introduced by their parents.
1: Exactly. Back (laughs) then you think you just meet a neighbor or a coworker or a classmate and then you just get married right away. But I think what happened was people realized there's just a whole world out there that you can meet. And I remember when I was first introduced to Match.com, I was so intimidated by looking at all the profiles because I kept thinking, I can't... First of all, I lived in Norwalk, Connecticut, for anybody who's been (laughs) listening for a while. Your
0: favorite place. My favorite
1: place on (laughs) earth where everyone's super cool and diverse. No, I... I really thought, oh my gosh, I'm not going to find anyone. And I went on Match.com and my first experience was like, holy shit, there's a ton of singles on here who are all in my age range, who look somewhat attractive. Yeah. I was really excited because I had some really depressing um, months in, in rural <laughs> Connecticut. So I pulled up my first email.
0: Oh my God. Uh, my I can't first believe message. you still have this. I have
1: a f- <laughs> whole folder in my Hotmail account called Match. <laughs> And it's all the emails I ever got from Match.com. My first one is from November 29th, 2004, from someone named CJ Boyce. My username was DZ. I don't know where I came up with that. CJ
0: Boyce, he's still out there. CJ Boyce,
1: (laughs) I'm looking for you. His subject was, are you looking for someone to shovel your car out of the snow? That's a pretty good line because I just moved to Connecticut from California. I know, Gary. What do you think? Is <laughs> it a good line? How does that one stack great? <laughs>
0: that wasn't ba- that wasn't bad. That's not bad because I thought
1: yes. Well, first of all, it's a question, so it's interactive. Like, yes,
0: I am. Are you well, like Are you offering? Yeah, and <laughs> uh, two, he's
1: offering something that I really needed because I had no snow boots back then, so I didn't know how to even stand in the snow. And his message is. Tired of the, hey, baby, what's your sign bar scene? Hee <laughs> hee, too funny, but isn't that the truth? I'm sick of the scene as well. That's why I'm trying this online thing out for a little bit. My name is Chris. I'm 27 from Brewster, New York. If you don't know where that is, it's about 40 minutes from Norwalk. Big change for you coming from LA. I lived in Vegas for three years. Loved it. Love the eChat, as you do. But for now, I'm stuck here in the cold. LOL till, oh, LOL, whoa. Oh. That's really progressive of him. <laughs> wow.
3: He wanted someone to be less cold with.
1: He wants someone to be less cold with, and he was super cool because he used LOL. Like, who used LOL yeah. back then? Yeah. Back then. Right, right, um, right, right, right. LOL, LOL till job offer somewhere warm comes up. If you like to chat, email me. If I don't hear from you, then I wish you good luck in, in the East Coast later. Chris.
0: I just want to point out today when you get hay. It's like, he, this guy wrote, like, a freaking novel.
1: Actually, I went through my entire <laughs> folder, and every email was a with, was a novel. Yeah. And they were full-on conversations, because I think back then, people didn't even know how to approach online no. dating. They were like, do I divulge my entire life? Do I tell you something funny? Now, you're right. Now, nobody puts in any effort. Well, but- I
0: think you and I are in an interesting place, because we, I mean, granted, we weren't in the early, early stages of Match.com, right. as we heard just now about, but we were kind of in that time that straddled the more traditional dating websites versus the apps yeah and I know for myself like I remember it was like it was you just didn't talk about it as much it was more like something you kind of did there was still definitely a stigma around it like when I was 25 like I remember going on match.com maybe it was a little later like 26 27 and that was um what like eight years ago doing math correctly. I don't even know. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Was it eight that years year right. ago? Mm-hmm. Wow. Just swing that. But anyways, um, I remember like there was this whole piece that like you would go home and you would like log into your match account. And if you yeah. were at work, like you would make sure that no one could see your computer screen because it was like embarrassing to be on it.
1: Right. But also exciting because you're not getting these messages like nowadays, you just get a ping. But back then, you actually have to log into your email and who had internet on their phone. So you obviously have to be near a computer. So it was really fun getting these messages. Totally. But something kind of taboo as well. You're like sneaking around doing it.
0: I remember my friends and I kind of like devoted like it'd be like Wednesday night, let's go on Match and like email everyone. (laughs) It was like a thing. But I also think for me, at least, like I remember there were years like even in college like I didn't really date all that much like it was more like you would meet someone at a party and it would be just like hook up up. yeah it was like very hook up central and like I can't count the number of like actual dates I went on like on my hand it was not very much and I remember like even into my early 20s like I would just like meet people out at bars like you were drunk it just wasn't like the best gauge of like actually meeting someone to have a meaningful relationship with. So I remember, like, when I first signed up for Match, like, it was, like, a big thing because it's, like, you got to write the whole profile. But I remember, like, going on, like, really nice dates, like, going mm-hmm. to, like, nice restaurants and kind of getting, like, wine and dined. Yeah. And I was like, this is what dating is like. So I think, like yeah. – And what's happened today? I – know.
1: <laughs> no. Now it's like you're – you should be lucky if you get a hot dog. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> and, okay, and a real home. hot dog Maybe no not. you know what i mean
0: <laughs> i don't know right. we still have had like i know um there's so many dating apps out there but i remember like we talked with um david cruz who's like a dating and relationship expert that was a uh, former matchmaker too on millionaire matchmaker yeah and he was saying like if you're looking for something serious like Match.com, eHarmony, they still exist. Like, these sites are still out there. Like, if you're on Tinder, like, it's kind of like if you think about bars that you go to, right? It's like there's, like, that trashy dive bar that everyone's, like, the last call place that it's, like, we'll just, like, hook up with anything versus, like, a nice upscale lounge. Right. It's a serious
1: dating. You think about going to match.com because you're serious about dating. Exactly. (laughs)
3: That's kind of how it evolved. But, Gary, I'm just. And and I saw that. And I saw that. And I knew there would be kind of different graduation um, levels for different people. And that's how it worked out.
1: But what's interesting about you, Gary, is that you're not in the dating industry. You're not like a dating expert, relationship coach, a therapist. But you saw that there was a need in the market for something like this, and you jumped on it. Now, looking back at the evolution of online dating and how Match.com has turned and how Match.com has turned out, is this? Do you sometimes think about getting back into the dating industry?
3: Well, I've helped out some startups over the years, but uh, I'm kind of moved on from it. It's kind of a tough industry, I would say now to make money on Yeah, just because there's, there's, there's so much noise out there. It is a network kind of business. What I mean by that is the more people on your, in, in your database, the more likely someone is to use it generally speaking, because you don't want to go someplace where you can't date anyone. So because of that, I think it's a tougher business. There's some entry barriers.
0: I feel like Tinder really shook up online dating. Like Match was kind of like the first shake up, and then Tinder was the second one, which ironically was incubated in Match. Right. Well, I think I,
3: I think that's actually a pretty interesting point. They there has to be some kind of technological or some other type of leap to beat an incumbent in the field. And I think Tinder was that one. Yeah. For dating, and there probably will be another one in the future. I'd say, yeah. Kind of that more mobile use of Facebook's uh, Mm -hmm. database. If you recall, that's how you got going Mm -hmm. on Tinder. You know, it would suck in Facebook friends and then look for friends of friends.
0: So I I think their
3: innovations do happen like any other business.
0: Yeah. Well, I think like Tinder was, I remember because I was also dating in like the rise of Tinder 2012 Mm. when it like exploded. And I I loved Match because I went on really quality dates.
3: Match and eHarmony. I yeah, Harmony always had the highest of quality, um, not quality, long-term relationship. tenders. Yeah. the fastest.
0: Yeah, I remember, like, I loved Match because it was like you went on really solid dates, but I remember it just took a long time, and a lot of them would kind of go to, like, the dating black hole sometimes yeah. because it wasn't that instant, right? And I thought, I remember like when Tinder first came out, it was just like instantly everyone yeah. messaging you all the time. You got a lot of DTF messages, but that's also besides the point. But you would get a <laughs> lot of messages. I remember going out like date after date, like double booked, like mm-hmm. three times a week. So it was just like the quantity was so mass because it was easy access. Like you were just saying, Gary, it's like anyone with a Facebook account could sign up. There wasn't that long profile. However, I think we longed for the days also mm-hmm. where there maybe was a bigger barrier to entry. Yeah,
3: makes sense.
0: Well, my longest
1: relationship I attribute to Match. We met on Match. We dated for five years. And that's still my longest relationship ever. So... Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I had a
0: relationship (laughs) off match also. So thank you. How long? How long? Not long. It was like six months. That's
1: pretty sizable. I think that's, that's respectable. (laughs) What about you, Gary? If you had to do match.com all over again, what are some things you would, you would do differently?
3: Well, a lot of it was some internal politics within, you know, I wasn't, uh, actually right now I'm a public servant elected by 300,000 people. I've kind of changed careers a little bit. Uh, I would have been a little bit more political and, uh, I probably could have got a lot of the things I wanted done with my crazy ass investors if I would have just listened a little bit more and not been such a, we do it my way or the highway, you know, (laughs) definitely. But I think a lot of people would say that about their lives, wouldn't they? You know,
0: what about like dating, like like the actual style of the dating site? Like, is there anything in the future stuff that you were like, oh, that is that was such a great idea, or do you feel like the way you did it was the way you did it? I feel
3: good. I feel good about the time we did it right, and we helped satisfy market needs. No, no regrets in that way.
0: I guess. What advice would you have for modern daters today? (laughs) Well, I don't think it's what I'm going to say. I don't think it's changed. And I would
3: say people have to, I'm going to say it broadly in the category of being less picky, but it's more like love can come in many different forms and people should be less judgmental about it. You know, you never know. And I, I, I really do mean that, you know, people go, "Oh, well, he's uh He's only 5'9 and I want 5'10. I think less judgment would serve people much better. Amen. Give it a little bit of a chance. Give it a little bit of a chance.
0: Did you see like data about like who actually ended up getting married and being together from match? Like, was there anything that showed that that people didn't necessarily go for who they initially selected? I I don't think I could give hard and fast on that one. Okay. And how
1: did you meet your current
0: partner? Was
1: it
3: online?
0: Oh, yeah online. Ah, oh,
3: okay. Right.
0: What site? <laughs> was it Matt? <Magga? laughs> oh, oh, I don't want like to say
3: I'm not in the promotion business here. He's, he's not, not Sex.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <at> sex.com. <laughs> we knew it! We're like, this
1: Giphy is amazing. I'm okay. going to contact her. Exactly.
3: This Giphy is amazing. That was it.
0: it's the best. She had the best ASCII art ever. <laughs> ASCII ever. Best ass on ASCII the ASCII, ASCII ever. <laughs> going to the segue to takeaways, is my biggest takeaway. Is ASCII art is coming back yeah you know i have a black and white printer we need to get ahead of it we need to get ahead of this this needs to be a business i know gary patented that shit
1: yeah there's got to be a (laughs) a more time efficient way of making ascii art and then we can send those instead of emoticons the new emoji (laughs) it's you heard heard it here first (laughs) um my biggest takeaway Regardless of what happens with online dating and offline dating, we just have to work with the technology instead of against it. I think oftentimes we blame technology for some of the dating problems that we face, but it's really how we use it. So no matter what the next Tinder or match or Bumble Mm -hmm. is, instead of thinking about, oh, this is making me more antisocial, it's making me um, having dating fatigue. No, actually, we can't blame the technology. We can only blame the way we're using them.
0: I love that. I think also my other takeaway too, is just like, it's all an evolution. Like the fact that like this, I mean, I think this story is crazy, Gary, that it like started from like sending an attachment photo, but like, that's like what was going on at that time. So it's like, there's certainly pros and cons of current and past. But I think like, to your point of just going with what we are currently doing it There's also a lot of pros of current day, just the speed, the level of connection. Like Gary mentioned, you're on the go all the time. It's mobile. Like there's just so many benefits. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in the complaining and the dating fatigue. And it's like, there are a lot of pros to online dating. It opens you up to like a whole new world of people that you would not have met. And I think it's easy to forget those pros when you're in the-
3: Oh, I don't forget that. I mean, (laughs) there's a saying
0: in business, contact. Equal
3: contracts, and I think oh. the more dates you have, the more likely you find that the right one. So,
0: you're a numbers game guy
3: within reason, it's not all numbers, <laughs> but if not
0: if, if if you're not getting out, you're not getting any. How about that? There you go, if you're not
1: getting out, you're not getting any. That, that is a great line to end this <laughs> podcast on. If you're yeah. not getting out there, you're not gonna get any. That's very true. You got to be in the game.
3: All right. They gotta be in the game. You gotta be in the
1: game. Well, thank you for inventing online dating, Gary. Without you, I would be holed up somewhere not knowing what to do with we my would life. Not,
0: there's actually <laughs> countless relationships both of us would not have ever had. So absolutely.
2: <laughs>
3: or heartbreak, sadly, Heart- but whatever yeah. what you do.
1: But at least <laughs> that,
0: that one guy in Fremont,
1: I discovered him. Otherwise, how would I ever find him?
0: Right? <laughs> I will say my <laughs> last right. my last match story that I just I always think is hilarious is I got this one message that was in Morse code and it was like if As- you art? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was looking back, but it was like oh, real Morse code. It was real Morse code. It was like if you could figure this out, like we could go on a date. Damn! But then my friend also got the same message. Oh fuck! <laughs> oh man!
1: Don't copy and paste Morse code. Come on, guys, do some ASCII
0: art. Damn it! <laughs>
1: Well, thank you, Gary, for taking the time out and um, being the godfather of online dating. It's just been a pleasure
0: to talk to you. Yeah. And thank you, David, too, for joining and telling us about this book. I mean, I love the book. I definitely think that everyone should read it. It's just fascinating, like kind of being back in that time that was like <laughs> beyond a lot of us. So I guess, um, Dave, can you tell us kind of just like where we can get the book anything else that you want to share before we uh wrap up
2: you know the book is available online and in stores wherever you can find it and um you know the response has been great people have really seemed to you know take an interest in the story because i think partly they just never knew what the origins of what all of this were and you know, like Gary once joked that he's responsible for over a million babies, but, you know, (laughs) probably he's responsible for 10 million babies at this point. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, you know, widespread this is. So, um, you know, and I think it also just gives insight into how people innovate and perhaps, you know, a little, a little look into where things might, might go in the future.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, Um, Amazon, you can get it. Um, Barnesandnobles.com, any, like, online, we'll link it in, too.
1: Fantastic. Okay, we're going to wrap this up. And and, uh, for any of our listeners who have some Match.com stories of their own, send those to us. We love jogging down memory lane. What were some of the first messages
0: you got? Because the ones I got were pretty damn good. Yeah. Send them in. (laughs) Send them in. (laughs) Or if you're still using Match.com or Sex.com or any variation, like, still want to hear from you. And just what's your experience been with online dating? We always love a good online dating story. Yep. And Fuck that fan art. I want some ASCII art. <laughs> art-, so art- that's your ASCII art. Our
1: art- entire website will be ASCII art from now on. We're going to wrap this up. Stay, stay date-able. dateable. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at dateablepodcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag stay dateable and trust us, we look at all those posts. Then head over to our website dateablepodcast.com.